By the way, your supercut was hilarious. I thought about was, I thought about putting it online, but I won't. It, 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 it was hilarious. <laughs> it, was, it was enjoyable. You even got a couple of yours in there. That I did. Was, I didn't want good. to leave you. Hello. I didn't want to make it seem like you were the only one who had a respiratory issue. Stacy gave me an early Christmas gift of the uh, supercut that she has promised for a couple of years now, and it cracked me up. And we played it in the car as we were headed to Georgia, or on the way back. I don't remember which. And uh, it cracked up my wife and daughter, too. A lot of coughing. And said, how long did that take her to make? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. That's a lot it. of the research. Longest, the longest thing was just, like, going through the old videos right, yeah. and then trimming them down. For sure, yeah. But I would do, like, a couple a day. So There you go. It was so, good to revisit. So it was a dedication yeah. over time. You know, that's a good thing It's good to revisit well. and review. If we're talking about our discipleship, it's good to... Yeah. Do this over time, steadily, rather than in big emotional outbursts. And this is what tends to happen for a lot of us in our discipleship is fits and starts. We have an emotional uh, worship service or a holiday or something. And, and obviously, as we're in the Advent season, this is going to happen to a lot of folks where it's Christmas time. And, you know, You're feeling a certain f- way. Feeling some type of way. And as this kind of thing goes on get really psyched up and, you know, make a New Year's resolution when I do devotions every day and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, six days in, we've already, you know, lost it. Uh, kind of like the diet we promise every year, all those kinds of things. And I think statistically it's like 90-something percent of New Year's resolutions fail. Yeah. Well, and a big part of it is because they're made emotionally and right. not, not out of true conviction. And so th- that doesn't make them bad. It makes us undisciplined. <laughs> and so we need, to, we need to recognize that the, the long haul is what matters. It's not right. the, you know, can I, can I get fired up? And I think this is one of the things, not at all what we're talking about on the podcast today, by big the surprise. way. Salt, welcome to Something Real, something to talk about. We're going to be talking about talking the journey about to Bethlehem. But in the meantime, before we get there, it, it, is, it is astonishing um, to, just to see, as we make churches, it seems, more and more, I'm, I'm going to say seeker-focused, and I'm using terms a little loosely here because... Theologically, we recognize that there are no seekers until we are regenerate. And so the, the reality of, um, of a seeker-focused or a, an unbeliever-focused service as, mm. a, as an evangelism tool tends to, tends to sow to the flesh. It tends to, to work the emotions, to get, you know, to get you fired up, to get you inspired, to get you emotional. Even the revivalist um, fire and brimstone preacher who's you know freaking you out over how to get you to run right. that's all of those things I, I don't want to just make a sweeping condemnation of, of all of these things God uses our emotions there's no question about that but what is sown to the flesh reaps of the flesh and so mm-hmm. if we're doing things that are that are just emotional all the time right, right? you know we're stirred because you know Celine Dion sings a, a wonderful song about Jesus it doesn't she mean, does have the best version of O Holy Night. That it I doesn't mean that Celine Dion knows Jesus. I don't no. know that she does or doesn't. I've never met the lady, so she sings nice, right? She has an emotive voice. Amber York loves Celine Dion. So when I'm just kidding. she the, hates her. Well, I just think that's funny. I really, I really hope if Amber hears this that she comments just so that she can prove that she listens to the she podcast. She does not like Celine Dion. But anyway, like you know, wh- whoever it is, if it's Adele, you know, doing right. some... You know, deeply emotive right. song of worship makes you feel something. It doesn't something. mean it's worship. Right. It means it's emotive, right. and it may be worship. 
but that's why it's really dangerous for us. And I think we see this a lot. People get, you know, just their whole world is turned upside down when some Christian musician, mm -hmm. so-called, uh, goes through their deconstruction and becomes an ex-evangelical or cheats on their spouse or right. comes out of the closet or whatever else. Well, just because somebody has a nice singing voice, right. just because somebody knows how to work a crowd or to be a great actor or whatever else, they could portray Jesus on screen. It doesn't mean they know Jesus. Right. So we need to recognize that what God is doing by the Spirit is not connected to the flesh itself. Right. And again, God uses the flesh. The fear of hell is a very legitimate reason to repent and turn to Christ. However... It has to be something that is generated from within, not right. manipulated from without. As right. the Holy Spirit gives us that, I'm going to use a real King Jamesy word, that unction, that that movement, as he as he does this in us with his power to change our heart, that's a whole lot different than I'm feeling some type of way and sure. I'm going to make sure, a commitment. Sure, sure. Uh, and and that's why we see folks who you know get really fired up and then fall away. Because they had the emotion, but they didn't have the conversion, not, not you know, not that regenerated heart. Uh, it's also why uh, we don't baptize people immediately, and that's a, a big movement again now. Well, the whole the whole thing in the New Testament was you get baptized like that. Well, the reason folks moved away from that, and a few centuries later, they were actually it might take two to three years of catechism and, and training before they would baptize because there were so many false conversions as Christianity became culturally acceptable and appropriate mm. and even popular. So now people are getting baptized for lots of reasons that are not the movement of the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, you know, then somebody gets baptized, fallen hard times, and, you know, two years later they're complete atheists or right. they're still right. claiming Christ, but they're running away and they're not uh, connected to a church and so on. Uh, there are some churches who won't baptize accept as a member of the church it's, right. it's all one thing because part of that is submitting yourself to the authority and discipline of the body of, right. of body believers i wouldn't want to go that far uh, at this point maybe my understandings of things will change over time but so far they have not but i think there's something to be said for we have to see only time reveals the, sure. these realities sure. and you know as we look at just to transition back to this, and I know you got something to show us here in a second, but you know, as we transition back to this, when we look at how God's redeeming plan unfolds, it unfolds over time. It's, it's not just, here's a, a quick knee-jerk reaction. God was doing what he was doing from before Adam and Eve sinned. It was The plan was already in place. This was the, the, the big thing, and it took, <laughs> it took 39 books of the Old Testament before we get to a place right. where where Jesus shows up on the scene, and it's been two thousand years since then of the of the church age, as we are discipling and carrying out the Great Commission, there is God sees the long view, and we need to start learning to take the long view as well. What did you have for us? It's kind of going back to what we were talking about a second ago. Francis Chan's uh, church posted it the other day, or I guess yesterday. Time is slipping from me. Uh, <laughs> Stacy has a little boy with a, a fever and is not, not sleeping. sleeping well. This is my, Rich brought me my first monster drink today. It's the first one I've ever had. So. I was in high school in the in the early 2000s and I've never had a monster. There you have um, it. Anyway, it's delicious. Thank it's you. It's probably good for you to not have had that over your life, but well, we'll sometimes see. it helps with a headache. 
Anyway, they posted a thing on Instagram that says, something is wrong when our lives make sense to unbelievers. There's truth there. Man, that's true. But so many of these churches are just like going that way nowadays. Well, and, you know, I'll admit to having, you know, I think I have before on the podcast to having uh, really fallen into that temptation, I think, Mm -hmm. early on. Not that we were ever, you know, cutting edge, cool, contemporary kind of thing, but but really. <laughs> you, you tell me. <laughs> we're you and I are doing this podcast. You don't think we're goals? You, you tell me what you think. <laughs> uh, that's just not something that's probably ever. I was cool once when I went to school with my Fonzie lunchbox in no, third grade. Yeah, if you had a Fonzie lunchbox, you were cool. I had a beauty in the at least for a moment for a hot minute. So there you go. A little thermos. I was never cool. Somebody asked me the other day, who was it? I even had a Fonzie jacket, man. Hey. It, it was awesome. Somebody asked me if I was cool. Who was it? Oh, George? Colin. No, no, George knows I'm cool for now. <laughs> That's right. That's the beauty of for uh, now uh, I'm uh, cool. Little, little kids. No, Colin at church. He's in high school. He's a senior in high school. And I said, when I was a senior in high school, I was the president of my class, the president of National Honor Society, the yearbook editor, the choir aide for middle school, uh, the president of Students Against Destructive Decisions. Formerly known as Students Against Drunk Driving. Right, but then they but had it evolved expanded. Into that. <laughs> but like. Some of those things were appointed positions, and some of those things were elected positions. And you get all, extra cool points for appointed positions. Too. But appointed so. positions make the assumption that you're nerdy and teachers <laughs> like right. you. So those are one thing. But the uh, but the elected positions, like class president, was an elected position. And I'm like, because Colin asked me if I was popular in high school, and I'm like, I don't. You I, didn't think so. I well, I but I, obviously I, yes. But then I look like I guess I was friends with the popular kids. But at the same time, I could I could talk to I don't want to like so stereotype. You're people. saying you were cool adjacent. I guess, but at the same time, like I didn't go to popular kid parties, but that was my choice because I knew what they were doing. Because those were destructive right. decisions. I later found out years like years down the road that I missed a whole bunch of stuff about what was going on with those at those parties. So okay, but Probably. I could also talk to like the okay. kids who were stereotypically like uncool or you know everyone in high school has their cliques or whatever mm-hmm. I could also talk to those kids and spend time with, and I guess my mom just always told me to be nice to everybody so that's what point. I did and see your mom see had, you don't have to be popular your mom had just wisdom be nice to everybody I don't know what that being was nice from. to be, to everybody will make you popular this is good though I missed out on this in high school well they don't all taste like that so oh well <laughs> I'm not a big energy drink guy myself. I'm, I don't think I've ever had an energy drink. I've just uh, gone with coffee. Ricky and Dennis could probably give you much more insight. Dennis drinks bang. He, he's the bang guy. <laughs> bang and rain. He does both of those. Bang and rain. And, uh, That's from Hook. Ricky probably knows every ingredient on all of them. So. Anyway, I've always just gone with coffee for my energy. Well, there you go. Anyway, this is off topic. Big surprise. When have we ever been off topic? And I don't want to be that off topic because it's Advent and it's Christmas and I don't like to waste a minute not talking about Christmas. Well, you know. So let's get into considering it. Considering we were talking about Christmas back in June and July. I don't know what you're talking about. As we're looking at this, um, you know, we're doing this Christmas Journeys theme for Advent and, and the Journey. Which is not an album that Journey put out. Hmm. Do they have a Christmas album? I don't know, but I'm contemplating it right now. You can tr- so, t- all, our we, next thing is all Journey songs all, changed with Christmas all, lyrics. All, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited now. Don't stop believing so, <laughs> in Santa Claus. I don't know why my eye keeps watering. My contact must have something goofy with it. Oh. So anyway, uh, as we're doing this this week and the second week of Advent, we 
um, we were focusing on the journey to Bethlehem. And so the, the whole um, Luke 2 story of the nativity with, uh, with Joseph and Mary. It's the Charlie Brown thing. The Charlie Brown thing, heading to Bethlehem and the shepherds who are outside of Bethlehem in the fields keeping watch over their sheep. And these sheep, um, you know, Bethlehem is near to Jerusalem. And so a lot of the temple sacrifice sheep were raised there as well. So anyway, uh, our memory verse for the week was Micah 5.2, and Emma and I were, my daughter, were, were going over that uh, as I was taking her to her homeschool group this morning. Um, and, you know, as we were just kind of working on, on memorizing it, and then we talk about what it means. And, and so Micah 5.2 is, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, um, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. And, you know, it, I guess it hit me differently this morning even, which happens a lot as mm-hmm. I'm reading the scriptures. The more times you read it, the more things jump out Especially from it. Especially things like that you've read a million times. Yeah, and, and so, you know, just a, a lot of times on Monday or Tuesday, things that I just preached on Sunday are still they're still going through my mind and uh, and so just different things connect with it and I I mean this was why I chose this verse for our memory verse mm-hmm. to tie in with it but it just struck me as how the entire message of Sunday's sermon the entire point from from what we we're reading in Luke two um, the core reality that God uses the mundane and the remarkable to bring about his amazing plan of redemption is really captured in Micah 5 too. And this is, you know, you're talking about hundreds of years before Christ and hundreds of years after David. And so Bethlehem, the, which is means the house of bread, is already known as the town of David. King David, the most famous king they had, he came from there. But, you know, this is, you know, last time we traced back the the genealogy of Jesus, you know, back uh, past David to his father Jesse, his grandfather Obed, to Boaz and Ruth. And so this Bethlehem, Bethlehem, (coughs) excuse me, every time, every child calls it Bethlehem, Bethlehem. right? Isn't that what we used to say when we were kids? Bethlehem. Uh, So when you look at... I didn't know it was... It was called the city of, or the town of bread, the house of bread. There you go. I wish that was my house. So Beth is house, and so as and as we're seeing, bread, bread any, is ham. Anytime you see, <laughs> anytime you see Beth in those uh, Hebrew names or or uh, cities in Israel, it has that yeah. house Bethel, Beth El, house of God. So anyhow, as we're um, looking at that, it, it just kept striking me how this really captures the, the the most mundane ordinary thing. These these guys are doing their their shepherds in the field, right? That's right. what Bethlehem Bethlehem was as ordinary as it gets. The town's maybe five hundred people. You know, you're talking about a, a little town uh, that they they're known for sheep. Sheep, right? This is what they do. They're sheep. And so <clears throat> as they're um the, you know, even though it was David's town Jerusalem became David's city. That's mm-hmm. where he reigned when, when he became king. He established the throne on Zion. 
and, and that was Jerusalem. So now the focus for David shifted from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. So everybody's the city of David, and oh yeah, the town of David's over there. So you know, not really focused that, you know, it, it's not like Bethlehem had any importance. Uh, one of the renderings, and it might be the ESV, I don't have it in front of me, um, renders this, though you are too small to be numbered among the tribes of Judah, mm-hmm. uh, or among the clans of Judah. Um, as you look at that, this idea that Bethlehem was so insignificant is really central to what God's doing here. He takes this ordinary, small, completely without power place and makes it so prominent that here we are in 2021 singing songs of of amazement and adoration about this little sheep town. And not only the town itself, but it it breaks it down even further than that to at where Jesus was actually born in, right. a, in a manger, yeah. you know, and, and you the lowliest more, of places. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, there's a humility, there's an ordinariness right. to it that, you know, you're talking about just a, an animal feeder. Right. Nothing fancy, nothing big, and, you know, there's no glowing lights. I, my father-in-law, Gary, was uh, mentioning to me after the service on Sunday, that you know, he was a forest ranger, spent a lot of time out west. And when you're out in the west, uh, not you know, we're not talking about down in the populated parts, but Idaho and you know, out in the Montana, Montana, Dakotas kind of thing. Spent a lot of time out there. And when you're out in the nighttime sky, there are no lights, right? right? There's there are no towns around you. And he said it gets so dark that you literally cannot see the hand in front of your face. And, and the stars just, you, you can't even imagine it. Even from here, we live in a small town, and I can see the difference between looking at the stars out in the field right. at our farm as opposed to in town in our little, you know, little tiny town of Three Oaks. And you can see the glow from South Bend, Indiana, or Michigan City, or LaPorte. You can see the, the glow from Chicago across the lake. Um, just lighting up the sky. But in Bethlehem, none of that. Ain't no glow. There was nothing. Not not then. There, there were no lights. There was no electricity. Right. So, you know, you didn't have any of those kinds of things. In a tiny place, out in the open spaces, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of this ordinary, typical work shift, in the dark, no light except for if they made a fire to keep warm, Right. All of a sudden, the glory of the Lord appears with this angel, and the you know it doesn't say this angel was glowing, but the implication is clear that when the glory of the light of the Lord shines around someone, um, this the word is, shine there, tends there, to... there's a glow here. There's a, this is an amazing event in the middle of ordinary, and then the armies of heaven show up to. To punctuate this. You kind of assume they're not just sitting there in the dark. You and know? then on top of that, nobody else seems to see this. Mm. Right? So if the armies of heaven are showing up, shouting declarations of God's holiness and glory and praise, in Isaiah 6, the the temple shakes, the, the threshold shakes, the, the everything is, there's this earthquake as these seraphs are, are declaring the, the holiness of God. That must have happened here. Something, you know, that big, that uh, that gigantic event, and yet the buildings in 
Bethlehem didn't collapse. You know, we don't have any record of anything like that. So when God is doing something, it, it reminded me of, of like when Paul uh, encounters Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. post-resurrection, uh, post-ascension, Jesus appears to him in a bright light that blinds Paul on the road to Damascus. And all of the company of people that is with him know that something happens, but they didn't hear the voice. Mm-hmm. They hear the noise, they didn't hear the voice. They didn't know what it was. They didn't, they didn't, when Jesus was speaking, Paul heard Jesus speaking, and those who were with him had some phenomenon, but they, there was no Christ in it. So when God is speaking to us, he's speaking to us, right. not just generally right, throwing everyone. things out right. there. Uh, and all of these things just kind of kept striking me as we were talking about it in our discussion, and Emma and I, and then as I'm driving back, um, you know, getting ready for this, it just kept going through my head that, you know, this baby being born, that's just normal, right? But when your baby is born, everything is new. And we always focus on the newness, this new life, this, you know, newly conceived, grown uh, in, in the womb for nine months, and now it's here, and everything is new and fresh, and you get the, you know, the spirit springtime Easter kind of bunnies and, and flowers and all those kinds of images in your mind. And all of the, you know, not anymore because now people are hipper and cooler than that. But for a long time, uh, every time would it be now? <laughs> every time you'd see like baby clothes and stuff, it was right. always bright primary colors or pinks and blues Ducks. and all these kinds of things. And, and this picture of new life. Right. And things changing. But the prophet says here in Micah 5, 2, that the ruler who would come for the Lord, the one who would rule over Israel, the origins were from of old, mm. from ancient times. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Mm. This picture of oldness in it, the, the ancient thing, uh, clearly more respected in those days than now. We have this this anti, anti-aged bias, you know, this... Uh, what do they call it, chronological snobbery, where everything that's new and young is good and everything that's old is foolish and decrepit and bad. Uh, so we revise history and deconstruct all of our old heroes because anything that you used to believe, we have to tear apart, um, which Marvel seems to be doing with their heroes in the movies, but that's another story altogether and it, an entirely different podcast. I'll leave that one to Ricky and, yeah, and the, the weekly You're going to have a very Wednesday short podcast if you talk to me about Marvel anyway. So, <laughs> well, DC's not better. They're, they've, they're even worse in some ways with their political okay, deconstruction. Okay. So, anyway, um, not even trying to go there. But I'm excited about Robert Pattinson's Batman. That's all I'm saying. I'm excited about all of those <laughs> things and less and less about the comics at this point. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. So, anyway, as we're... You know, looking at this, the, the picture of what God has done and still continues to do in not just, and, and this kind of goes back to the discipleship thing we were talking about, not just in the big moments, not just, you know, wow, what a great service. Mm-hmm. I, I need God to speak to me. I need to, you know, have this, you know, this Sarah Young experience. I knew God spoke to me through his word, but it wasn't enough. I needed more. I needed, some, you know, I needed to have this experience. We have... Uh, Christians all over just chasing experiences. You know, I, I need to I need to feel more. I, well, sometimes we turn those feelings into mm-hmm. idols. Mm-hmm. When I say sometimes, I mean most all the time. 
because what we want is the experience of a feeling, the euphoria of the in love without the mundane marriage part. And, and that's what God is looking for. There's no picture in Scripture anywhere that, and, you know, Song of Solomon is also not this picture of the in love feeling that we love as modern Americans. And we, you know, the, the Hallmark Channel thing, all those kind of, we've talked about that before. These are great stories. It's the same story, but, you know, the. It's a great story. It, it's a great story <laughs> told a bunch of ways. But, but it always gets you to the point of that, you know, that first yeah, kiss. Because the, then. You know, maybe, you know, if you really get crazy, maybe there's a proposal, you know. Or may, that, like once in a great while, they'll end it like for five seconds by flashing to a year forward. Yeah. And then you like, but that's still it. But nobody's making movies about changing diapers, pushing brooms, paying bills, washing dishes. Nobody wants to see that. But that's where life is. Mm -hmm. Life happens there in the in the boring, in the mundane stuff. And when we embrace that, when we recognize it, we find the truest joy of it. Fiddler on the Roof, if you have not ever seen Fiddler on the Roof, you should. It, it is a fantastic musical. Everybody's seen Fiddler on the Roof. You'd be surprised. What's uh, wrong with y'all? There, it's, you know, you're old for your age, and you know that's, you. that's the way it is. Uh, because there are people, believe it or not, in your generation, in your generation, <laughs> stay off my lawn. Uh, Get off my lawn. <laughs> the, uh, who have never even heard of Fiddler on the Roof. My pants you know? are up to here. So, anyway, uh, so uh, Cora sang that at the play on Sunday. So mm. that was a, a saying. Uh, I was going to say a saying what? A cleaning I can't, I'm trying to remember the if I were particular. A rich man? No, no, not that. <laughs> um, Shoot, it's on the tip Sunrise. of the Sunrise? Nope. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Matchmaker, so matchmaker. It got me thinking about Feather on the Roof. And, and one of the beautiful scenes to me, in the, that me? is the scene. When, you know, all, the kids are all about being in love, right? Do so I what? This is, this is the whole focus is, you know, how we feel and, and the new movement, which clearly led to the communist revolution and everything went oh, downhill. Man. But anyway, that's storyline. Anyway, as we're, as we're talking about this this picture between Tevye and Goldie as, as he's asking the question, yeah, he's never thought about it before. Right. They've had a good life. They've enjoyed their life together. And he says, you know, do you love me? I was like, what are you talking about? For 25 years, I've cooked for you. I've cleaned for you. I've, you know, I've given you this family. We, you know, I guess I do. You know, it comes down to it. But that was not the question. Right. Now we want emotion. And so in our faith, we want emotion. In our Christmas, we want emotion. In, in, in our discipleship, we want emotion. But what God has called us to is bigger than emotion. It's, I don't even know that it's not less than that, but emotion is a small thing with an outsized influence on our life. Ooh, that's a good quote. Well, there you go. You can put it on, on it's Twitter. It's just there. emotion. So, so as, we're, as we're dealing with this... When you know, to, now you got me thinking about. <laughs> We've had so many songs. My very good impression. So many songs over the years, in every decade mm. that since there has been popular music, we're singing songs about relationships. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them. I've written a few. Are emotional songs about relationships or blueberry pancakes uh, that are. Also emotional. I get emotional. I, I, can, I can understand that. Um, it just reminded me of George Fry and, and our Blueberry Friday when I was working as a roofer and we would 
Eat blueberry pancakes. Eat every, on Fridays, we'd go get blueberry pancakes. That's totally cute. random That's and cute. not in any way related That's to this, cute. but anytime you, you get you a boss who buys you blueberry pancakes on Fridays. That's all I'm saying. Does this so, look dumb when I'm drinking it? Like, do I, I look like I'm trying know. to be like a poser? I don't know. Product placement. <laughs> See if you can get us a sponsor. Not sponsored. So anyway, you I don't know, think the, we're, mar- we're, the, we're a monsters demographic. Probably not. Uh, you know, I don't know. Do they sell to? Uh, now you said uh, Ireland is passed up. Yeah. So, you know, now I can offend the Irish. <laughs> and everybody, right? So we got Ireland, UK, France, France. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stacy's the. The caring, gentle one. This is why I was not popular in high school because I'd spend like hours in the front of the bathroom mirror, like practicing faces and accents. So anyway, Richard. Anybody in New Zealand? No, but I just looked up kiwis, <laughs> and I'm in love. So. I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> it is Christmas. I've not seen that movie yet this year. So I showed George that for the out. first time the other day. He liked it. So anyway, uh, the the thing track. that God is doing here in the nativity story hmm. using both the the everyday mundane you know the the emperor in rome different you know you're you're on other side of the other side of the mediterranean right has a a census for tax purposes and and, and yeah like and, how everything had to fit has in no, just a certain way it, he's not thinking about this place right. if he's thinking about israel at all it's as a as a territory that they're working with. Guarantee there's zero thought of Bethlehem in, right. in his mind. Uh, and now you have these this obscure carpenter who happens to be of royal descent, but but he's a carpenter. But he's a carpenter. He's just an unknown dude, right? Something. He shows up for this story in the Bible and disappears, right? So is that is that accurate? Because you never hear about Joseph again, right? And so you know, so a lot of historians him? say he, you know, died, you know, probably a big age gap. That would be pretty normal. And then he, he died and went off Shortly. the scene. So who knows? Because you hear about Mary again, but not right. So by the time Jesus comes back onto the scene, you know, we we go from this to twelve years old to to thirty years old, right? Uh, and so somewhere in between twelve and thirty, Joseph passes off the scene. And uh, pretty, it's pretty evident that he would have have died at that point. But um, it's so funny because he seems like such when you when you talk about the nativity story, he seems like such a central character. Huge here, yeah. And that's it. And it and it's an everyday thing. Right. He's not even the father. Right. right. Which is also pretty Very remarkable. You're important. raising a child as your child that you know is not your child. Right. That is a that is a beautiful picture of love as well. Which also, even in that, in another sense, gives us a picture of God choosing to give us love, it, not being his begotten children, but making us his, his adopted children, born again in Christ, but adopted to sonship in, in the full sense that, that we have all of the rights, privileges, and standing uh, of, a, of a, a natural uh, begotten child. That's an incredible picture. And so mm-hmm. all of these things, you know, even looking at, again, Bethlehem, where they're raising sheep for the sacrifice. Well, who's the Lamb of God who would be sacrificed for us coming out of Bethlehem? Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a powerful picture. No accidents. 
There are no accidents with God. In fact, that's a nice segue. One of the points that we talked about on Sunday is that in God's sovereign plans, there are no random things. Mm. All of the random things as we see them, it's random from our perspective, not from God's. Every bit of my history, your history, world history is designed to bring us to the cross, to bring us to Christ. When we come to Christ, then designed to shape us mm-hmm. to, to be more like Christ in, in discipleship. And so God is using all of those things. We, we always see people quote Romans 8.28 all the time, and usually out of context. But the reality still shines through no matter how we use it, that God is working all things together for the glory of his name and the good of his people. That's... That's what he's doing. It doesn't mean everything that happens is good. It doesn't mean everything is going to be good for everybody. But for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, all of these things are designed to make you more like Christ. Whether it's you know the, the worst thing that you can imagine, the, the old adage that uh, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. It's true. It's actually biblical. But that the stronger that we need to find is in Christ, not, you know, pull, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and all that. So, and, you know, and, and God breaks into what they're doing there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you can't do any more breaking into a normal situation than showing up in the middle of a work shift in the dark with an angel and an, an army of angels. Yeah, kind of hard to ignore. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And so he got the shepherd's attention and, you know, and, that should remind us that when God has our attention, there are no mundane things. You know, there's no random things in His sovereign plan, but there's no mundane things when we recognize what God is doing. If I know that everything in my life has been filtered through God's will, if I know that His sovereign plans are working a greater eternal glory, you know, for us as Christ followers, but ultimately for Him and the glory that we receive is as we are reflecting His glory. God is, to borrow from John Piper and Desiring God, God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in Him. When I stop chasing after the feelings, when I, when I stop chasing after the feeling of peace, I discover the reality of peace. Mm-hmm. When I stop chasing after the experience of, of feeling God's love, then I experience the reality of God's love. And once I get to that place and stop chasing feelings, then, then those feelings come when I get my thinking right and then my behavior lines up with those good feelings, uh, with the, with those good thoughts, which leads to feelings that that take us in in the right direction. Our, our feelings begin to line up with reality instead of being against that. So, you know, if we could give our attention to God in the midst of our un- ordinary, everyday, mundane things, we would discover that God's glory makes the ordinary extraordinary. We'd be able to press on through whatever we're doing and recognize that however bored I am at work or school or whatever else, however frustrated or irritated I am, that can change completely by changing my perspective, by understanding that none of these little things, the things don't matter as much as the reason for the things. If, if all of this stuff, if that jerk at the mall who, you know, took the last thing I went to the mall for, that the whole reason I made this trip, that birthday present that I had to have for my child, like... Uh, tickle Me Elmo. Tickle Me Elmo, or what was the, whatever it was in Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, some robot thing. You know, that's the one thing that I have to have, and I drove two hours to get to this mall to get it, and then that jerk took the last one. All of those things... 
completely change when I understand that I'm here for a purpose. I'm here on a mission to bring God glory. And it, it makes all of the ordinary stuff just amplified in its significance and meaning. And so because God got their attention, then those shepherds, as they saw the glory of the Lord, they had to also respond to it. Again, right. like we were kind of talking about earlier, the angels were there. Not everybody saw them. Right. But certainly not everybody responded. Maybe, you know, maybe they maybe there were folks, maybe they did see it. I don't know. The fact that the town wasn't leveled by their presence right. means that, you know, I think that means that God was talking just to the shepherds right. through them, through these angels. But in any case, when when the shepherds received the word, they received it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't just hear it, they received it. They took it in. They it's kind of hard it to ignore. Well, but I mean, we do it all the time. I mean, people people can explain away the you know creation, the ascension, the resurrection. You know, this it happened, and people were like, you know, they're going to do the same thing when it comes to the uh, the rapture. When this happens, the world will find lots of ways to explain it away. People can explain away the the conversion of your life when when you have been born again and who you were becomes somebody completely different. People will say, boy, you really changed. But they won't attribute that to Christ. Mm-hmm. So you could see they could be looking the angel straight in the face and not pay attention to God, not receive what God is is giving to them in that. The shepherds did. And so when they received it, they they just the angel said it. It's true. Let's go check it out. Right? So they go into Bethlehem. It doesn't say, let us go see if this happened. Let's go see this thing that happened. Right. It happened. And and Let's so that changes stuff. And and so when they go in then to find the baby, they're not disappointed. They're overwhelmed. Right. They rejoice because what they already believed to be true, because the angels told them, so they took God at his word. They believed it. They went and saw it. And they were not disappointed. They were overjoyed. And, mm-hmm. and that's what happens in our lives when we recognize that God's word is true. When we act as if God is telling the truth and we we take that in and take it to heart, we will find that his promises don't disappoint us. His word doesn't let us down. He is better than what we even could possibly imagine as we're working working through this ordinary life that he turns into something bigger and makes it holy and glorious. So whatever God promises us, whatever we see in his word, not the things that we make up in our mind. Well, I was just gonna, that's what I was just going to say. That's, I think, why, another reason why it's so important to not skew things. Right, and, yeah. You know, because then you will be disappointed because you're trying to change things to fit your own personal worldview. Yeah. And that ain't how it is. So rather than receiving God's word, we're imposing right. our word onto right. God. You right. know? And so we, we see this. I, I don't think the Internet has made this less of a thing. <laughs> no, no, I think no. it's, if anything, it's made it more. It's exacerbated, thrown some fuel on the fire. The, the tendency that we have to make up God's promises or to misquote scripture or to quote parts of scripture or take promises out of context and so on and so forth. When those, you know, you know, Peter walked on the water, therefore I can walk on the water. David slew the giant, therefore God will slay the giants in my life and all that kind of stuff. If we're not, yeah, if we're not going to actually get to what the text says, what the writer is conveying by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, 
then we're going to attribute to God statements and promises that he didn't make. Then you're going to be disappointed. Then and, you're going to think, well, this right. is bunk, and you're going to peace out. And right. that's why Christianity gets such a bad rap all the time. Right, because we sit in judgment of God right. rather than letting God's word judge us. And when we sit there and say, well, you know, I'm not going to believe in God because he didn't do this, right. you know, A, that doesn't make any sense at all. I'm not going to believe in the rain because I don't like being wet. You know, that, that's dumb. So if God is, then God is, period. If I don't like what he did, believe in it's not the issue. Right. You know, and how are you angry at a God you don't believe in? That right. doesn't even make any sense. But when we're, when we're putting our words in God's mouth, our words are pretty disappointing most of the time anyway. And I think most of us can think back over our childhood to Christmases when we got what we wanted and it wasn't did turn out to be what we really wanted anyway. Right. You know, we, you know, it was the thing we had to have was the only thing that mattered. And Red Rider baby gun. A, a, a month later, you know, it's put in the closet someplace, and right. we're playing or with something else that we didn't whatever. even ask for. Right. You know right. that. You know that's. We have that tendency to do that with the Lord, where we just want to keep getting and getting and getting. And one of the gifts that He gives us is not giving us everything that we think we should get, and that. When we learn to appreciate the gifts of His grace, <coughs> excuse me, supercuts. For the next supercut, so, um, not supercuts, the haircut place, but supercut what she's doing. So maybe next year I'll do a blooper reel. Uh, well, that, that would be long. That would be very long. <laughs> I, I am a living blooper reel. That's my nickname in high school. Yeah. So uh, as we go forward in our own lives, we can take encouragement from this. The, this is a story that Luke tells us to explain where Christ came from. We don't want to miss out on that. You know, God God is bringing about his redemptive plan. So the nativity story is not just for inspiration. We can right. draw inspiration from it. But he's very clearly the reason he wrote this book is to tell us who Jesus was and is what his life was. The, and so this is, if you will, kind of the origin story mm. as, he, as he backs us up to say, here's the birth of Christ. And God was fulfilling his promises then through the emperor's census, right. through Herod's evil deeds, all of the things that were going on that seemed completely unrelated and disparate we're all moving God's redemptive plan along. No accidents. No accidents. No random things, no mundane things, no disappointing things. God has it under control. And it's bigger than, if we reduce this down to just you know how I can trust God in my everyday moments, hmm. then we've missed the bigger reality, the real life, that in Christ we have forgiveness of sins. God's goal for us is not our happiness, but our holiness. And when we pursue holiness, we will find a greater happiness. When, when we find all of, our, uh, all of our deepest desires fulfilled in Christ, because these are our deepest desires, we keep chasing after smaller things. But when we find ourselves delighting in Him and Christ becomes most precious to us, then the joy is bigger than any temporal circumstance that tends to steal our, our happiness. And that is broader and bigger than God wants me happy. Right. So. Okay. Well, we're over. So. 
Well, well cool. shorter than last time. True. Right? So. We had a special guest last time. So that, yeah, it was, that's my excuse. It's much better when we have special guests. <clears throat> so we will stop there. Uh, yeah, we have two more weeks of Advent. So if you... You probably would have stopped me 10 minutes ago if you didn't have a headache and weren't up for the last 48 hours. What? Uh, <laughs> I'm just happy that I was semi-coherent through this, so I'm t- I apologize if that's not true. Yeah, that's great. Um, semi-coherent is my, that's my, my that's your baseline. Name? That's where I start. <laughs> uh, so we will stop there. Join us for the next two weeks of Advent if you're in the area. If you're not, join us online. Uh, we do live stream our sermons on Sunday mornings at 10.04. It's not the same thing, but it is something. Well, if you're in Ireland, then that's your best it's option. Harder, harder to come. Yes. So Unless you can get a cheap flight. COVID's made some travel cheap sometimes. So Yeah, but now you got to have a negative test to get in the country. It's true. Sorry. Sorry, Ireland. Um, hope to get there one day. Heard good things. I'm pretty sure if you're in <laughs> Europe, you're already used to having all those things on your travel at this point. So. All the plagues. Uh, I, what, <laughs> you want yeah, to so, say something to get us yeah. out of here? <laughs> uh, this isn't working. If, if, if you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can uh, email us at somethingreal at reallifeonline.org. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. You can listen to the podcast in the Anchor app or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. iTunes, Spotify. If you would all like to uh, leave us a voicemail, you can call us at uh, 269-756-RLCC. And or you can leave it on the Anchor app if that's how you prefer. There you go. All The only podcast platforms I know are Spotify and iTunes. I'm sorry. I'm sure there are more. I know there are more because when I look at the analytics, there's like 75 of them. I know we're on Overcast. I saw that. Uh, there's some, I, I'm pretty much on the Apple podcast now, so yeah, that's, all, same. that's all I do. So. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I have. Do you have all anything right. else? Uh, okay. Yes. Get us but out of this let's, train wreck. Let's, let's get <laughs> Stacy home to get some sleep. Bye, so. everybody. See you next week. Peace.